listening to Rock Talk Sports Talk with Nick Schwert and Derek Johnson on FM 1017 and 1320 KLWN. So it's going to be a unique start to the show today. Uh, we're here a couple of minutes early. First off, you probably already know the news by now. Les Miles last night about 10 o'clock, it was announced via KU that he has been uh, they have come to a mutual agreement to part ways. There was a statement from Jeff Long and a statement from Les Miles coming up here in a matter of moments. We are going to go live to a Jeff Long press conference. I'll read you the quote that he gave last night, and hopefully we've got uh, a presser coming here in just a minute or two. But first, I'm going to read you the quote, if you haven't already heard it, from Jeff Long last night. In the press release announcing that KU and Les Miles have mutually agreed to part ways. Here is Jeff Long. Quote, I am extremely disappointed for our university fans and everyone involved with our football program. There is a lot of young talent on this football team, and I have no doubt we will identify the right individual to lead this program. We will begin the search for a new head coach immediately with an outside firm to assist in this process. We need to win football games, and that's exactly what we're going to do. Notice there, uh, no mention of the reasoning why the two sides decided to part ways. Because that generally is an important piece of information. When a university and a head coach decide they no longer can work together, there's a reasoning behind that, but there is no mention of that. Hopefully we'll get some more clarity on that from Jeff Long when we hear from him here momentarily. The statement from Les Miles, quote, There is certainly a difficult day for me and my, for my family. I love this university and the young men in our football program. I have truly enjoyed being the head coach at KU and know that it is in a better place than when I arrived. To our student-athletes, I want you to remember that you came to play for KU to earn a degree here, so I implore you to stay and build on what we started to do, all of the things we talked about doing together. This is a bright future for all of you, and for KU football, end quote. Now, just momentarily, KU announced, and uh, multiple people reporting on this, you can find it on the KU Athletics website, uh, Ben Smith was the first one with it of the LJ World, that KU has agreed to pay Les Miles a settlement of $1.99 million. He was under contract through the 2023 season before sexual harassment allegations from his time at LSU surfaced. But remember, uh, no mention of those allegations in the that quote or the press release from KU last night, yet there was a mention that there is a desire to win football games and win them now, which is, again, a little bit puzzling because it's puzzling when a coach in a, in a university only are together for two years, two more years left or, or three more years left on that contract. We don't see any of that. You reach a settlement because both these sides want it to go away. That is what we know. KU does not want to get wrapped up in another legal battle. And Les Miles does not want his name being put out into the public regarding these allegations any more than it needs to be. So it best suits both parties to make this go away as quickly as possible. Do you think if the David Beatty stuff didn't happen, um, where they basically, I mean, they basically would have lost to him in court. It seems like he was heading that direction. I guess we don't know that for sure, but uh, surely from the public opinion world, it, it didn't go their way. Do you think if that doesn't happen, that they would be more willing to take this thing to court? Uh, yes, but I mean, it's not just the Beatty stuff. It's the fact that what we talked about yesterday, that you're kind of a laughing stock right now, that you've also got the basketball program 
it's it's a combination of everything. But you're right. The Beatty stuff certainly plays a factor into that. Imagine how it would look publicly if KU's getting embroiled in yet another legal battle with a head coach who they had to part ways with. Because remember, this is saying they part ways as opposed to what happened with David Beatty, who KU fired. And in this press release, right, talking about using an outside firm to assist in the process, that was not a part of the hiring process two years ago when they went out and got less miles. Jeff Long was sort of public about the fact that he was going to handle this hiring process himself. This seems to be the case. That's not going to be the case, but here's the other part that we haven't even gotten to yet. Jeff Long made the press release. Jeff Long is about to start a press conference any minute, and as soon as it starts, we're going to go live to it. Jeff Long's going to be a part of this process, if not lead this process, which would imply that Jeff Long is not going anywhere, which comes as a bit of a surprise to me, and I know a lot of people you know, listening, a lot of KU fans, a lot of alums, not very often does a head co- or does an athletic director get to hire two head coaches, especially with the way that that one ended with the fact that it seems pretty obvious that there was nobody else interviewed in 2018 when Les Miles was hired, and that now all of a sudden you have this stuff coming out from 2013 where you have to start wondering how much did you know, and if you didn't know anything, how? How did you not know that this stuff had happened back in 2013 with Les Miles being accused of sexual harassment by multiple women at LSU. Yeah, I think it just looks bad looking back on it. There was the one comment where, you know, there's the question about who were the other candidates and whether it was just a, a sleight of mind. Regardless, it just is one of those things where hindsight is 2020 and where you say, oh, Todd Grantham, when his name was Todd Graham, and then, oh, the guy, uh, he's the, the one coach on the Rams. I can't remember his name. The one guy on the Cincinnati Bengals, the defense coordinator, can't remember his name either. And like those were basically the quotes. That doesn't look good because it's basically like, oh, well, not only did all this happen, you zeroed in on a guy and didn't really give it an open enough review. An open enough? I would just end it open. Like It doesn't seem like you had an open process whatsoever. It seemed like the exact thing that David Beatty's legal team was alleging during this lawsuit is looking more and more plausible by the day that he's right. You had Les Miles hired before you even had David Beatty fired. You had Les Miles hired before there was even a position to fill. Yeah, by the way, the PR spin for David Beatty cannot be at an at a higher moment than right now. Like I've seen people like, you know, national writers and stuff be like, Man, it's still crazy they let go of David Beatty, and here we are. And it's like, all right, let's pump the brakes on that a little bit. Like, this this isn't going to turn into a they needed to hold on to David Beatty more because surely that is not the solution we need to get to here. I saw Jay Sternberger, by the way. That was that had to be a joke, right? Yes. Okay. Why do you think Dave, Why do you think Jay Sternberger transferred to Texas A and M because David yeah. Beatty wouldn't play him? And then what happens? He goes and becomes an All American at Texas A and M. But that's the next question now, again, that Jeff Long is going to have to answer is what is this hiring process going to look like and why should a fan base 
misplaced their trust and their faith in you to get it right this time when you bungled it so horrifically the first time around. And I'll be honest, and I know you probably feel the same way, and I know a lot of KU fans probably feel the same way. You feel like you were sold a false bill of goods with the less miles higher because I'll be the first to say I loved it. At the very least, I didn't see the downside. Maybe I didn't think he was going to take KU to the promised land, but I didn't see what the, the possible argument against a guy like Les Miles. No, I think you've the, reaped the, the rewards in had. recruiting, right? Uh, yes, because regardless of what I don't, I've seen this theory floated out there, which is unbelievable. The idea that the program's not in a better place than it was when he arrived. You can't argue against it, man. There's so much more talent here now than there was in 2018 when he showed up after David Beatty. Because the one thing you can give Les Miles a ton of credit for, he did what he said in terms of recruiting. And he went out and got high school kids. And look at the talent you got on defense with guys like Karan Prunty and Kenny Logan. It's kind of exciting for the future. But that kind of becomes question number one for me. Now that you have to replace Les Miles, how many of those guys, those young, talented players, are going to be willing to stick around? Quay Davis, right? The four-star wide receiver that you just got. If Joe is named the head coach, at least for 2021, he probably sticks around. If somebody else comes in, and if Jones feels slighted, maybe that's not the case. Maybe somebody who just committed to play for Emmett Jones and Les Miles doesn't want to play for whichever guy you go and get from a different university. And if you're making a hire that a hiring process that starts now, are you doing it for the 2021 season? Or are you going to take your time with this, have an interim coach? Right now, Mike DeBoard, the OC you hired about a month ago, is your acting head coach. That doesn't mean he is the permanent interim head coach. So first, you've got to figure out Who's going to be the interim head coach? Is it going to be uh, Mike DeBoard? Is it going to be Josh Ergel? Is it going to be DJ Elliott? Is it going to be Emma Jones? Then from there, how long? Do they get the full season? Is it just for a couple of months? Is it just for a couple of weeks until you figure out who the next head coach is? Or do you take your time, let this process sort of take place over the next couple months? I saw, uh, oh, it might have been Yahoo. I think Pete Thamel uh, was the one who wrote it. Brought up an interesting point. Um saying that, you know, maybe right now is the best time to go get a head coach, right? Because if you wait till December, when the normal coaching carousel occurs, you got competition. There's a bunch of other teams. And if that's the case, like if you have the choice between, oh, I can go to Illinois or Maryland or blah, 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 or Kansas, all of a sudden now you have to bid more, right? And on top of that, it's also now the lottery of it's 50-50. Are you going to get him or is he going to go to the other school? You're the only Power 5 school hiring right now. So uh, you kind of quartered the market. So I, I kind of think right now would be the best, and I get it. Transition-wise, that might be rough. You might have some extra players transfer, but I remember we went through this conversation of like when Les Miles was being hired, the conversation of because Puka Williams, I think, was going into his sophomore year. Do you get a head coach who's tailored around Puka Williams because he's such an exciting player? And I think we've come to learn that the head coach in college football probably more important than a handful of players, right? Yeah, I think so. So go get the right guy. Yeah, but I think the problem with that is, yeah, I get the timing aspect, but also it's March, and it wouldn't go over, and I don't know how much you would consider something like this, but I think it, I think it's something that the candidates would consider. If you're currently a head coach, like we can get into the names, I know we will, not just today, but over the coming days, so we don't need to do all of this right this second, 
But when you get into some of the names, whether it's uh, Lance Leopold, the guy at Buffalo, it's a name being floated out there. Jeff Monk, we've heard his name a million times over the last couple of hirings uh, at Army. Uh, Willie Fritz at Tulane. We can go through all these guys. All current head coaches at other programs, you know, they leave their program in March. You're kind of leaving that team high and dry. Because you can say, well, it's March. It's so long before the start of the season. Technically, yes. You don't get to work with those guys the whole time, right? You know, it's not like you show up today and you're going to get to spend the next six months with these players. That's not exactly how it works. So I, I don't know. I don't know what that would necessarily say. That's why I almost wonder, and I don't know specifically names to toss out there in this regard, but I almost wonder, do you look at guys who are out of work right now and saying that they don't have any obligations that it's going to be tough to pry them away from? What do you mean by out of work? Like, I don't know if it's necessarily unemployed, but if it's the case of a guy who is not uh, an assistant, like there's these roving sort of assistants that you have where you're mm-hmm. associate assistant to the head coach where you're, uh, um, I don't know if it's necessarily analyst or how exactly you would want to characterize it, but I mean, there are going to be, it's not like every single person that you're going after is, is a current head coach at a D1 institution. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah, that makes sense. So maybe it'd just be kind of like your... But if if you're going to go get somebody because they're just unemployed to basically be a stopgap, then at that point, just why not promote from within? I would almost lean towards the idea of promoting from within right now. Because promoting from within, whether it's a Joshua Urgel, uh, Emmett Jones, even a Mike DeBoard, who isn't like... I don't see Mike DeBoard as having already established these firmly entrenched connections with a lot of the players on the team, but at least he's a familiar face. And and breeding consistency right now is probably the best thing that you can do, is is at least ensuring that the guys that are there are going to stay. Because you can say what you want about the talent that's on board. Maybe you don't believe in it as much as it sounds like I do. It's not even about what you believe about this talent. What, to me it's about more than anything is the fact that you all, you're you you're only two years into this current rebuild. And having to hit the reset button again is moving backwards. It is, no matter what way you slice it or dice it. If you have to hit the reset button and guys are going to hit the transfer market, which is going to happen no matter what, it's going to happen no matter what, but there's a difference between two or three guys transferring and 10 to 12 guys transferring. Well, I think what's interesting is, too, like it it might depend a little bit on what coach you go for. And like you said, we have plenty of time to discuss these coaches. But I think in the case of a guy like Jeff Munkin or any of the triple option candidates that you'd look at, whether it's uh, Troy Calhoun or I guess Willie Fritz does a bit of option, but it's more like a spread option. Ken Niamatololo from Navy. If you're bringing in any of those guys, it's a complete shift in what you're going to do anyway. So you're probably already going to lose, right? If you become a triple option team like Quay Davis... Of course he's not going to come here. And it's not going to matter whether that coach comes in December or whether he comes right now. So if you're going to make that shift, then why not just do it now? Rip the Band-Aid off. Because that that change is going to happen no matter what. But you're right. If it's somebody else, if it's somebody where that's not the case, where it's not going to be the massive overhaul in your scheme, what you're doing anyway, then you're probably right. That's probably the best avenue to go through. Well, there's part of me when I start to get into what kind of coach are you interested in and and what are the big traits or qualities that you want to see in a potential head coach. Like The biggest thing I would say is moving away from what you just hired, moving away from a guy who, at least in hindsight, you can kind of say, uh, I mean, how interested in being a part of a rebuild was he ultimately? And that's not even about 
like was he qualified or was he prepared or capable or fit it like any of that it's about how interested are you or is this about the fact that when you signed up you got to work with one of your old buddies you got to bring along a couple of your sons to come and play for you you got a tv show on espn and you just got a pile of cash like you got paid two million dollars after two years just to go away right it kind of feels like like a distant cousin to the Charlie Weiss hire. It did, like C-list football celebrities. I was really good a while back, had, had, had a good little run, and now I'm going to bottle that up and recreate it at your place. It didn't happen at either place. And again, I'm not calling the Les Miles hiring a complete disaster. What I am acknowledging is that that was not the guy. Because you can say, well, he said what he was going to do, like I did earlier, and say, well, he said he was going to go out and recruit high school kids, and that's what he did. I mean, that's not about having recruiting connections. That's just about saying, doing what you say you're going to do. I could say I'm going to go recruit high school kids and then go recruit high school kids. They may not be any good, but at least I got high school kids. That's what he did. Now, I don't know how integral he played a part in a lot of these kids' recruitments. Like, a lot of what we know about the guys who are really out there getting the big names on the recruiting trail, like Emmett Jones. There's a reason his name keeps getting brought up, because a lot of these big names are guys he brought to Kansas. Fact. That's why I look at this and I say, okay, find a way to make him feel wanted here, okay? Because I want his kids, the kids he brought here, to feel wanted and to know that the guy that they are loyal to feels wanted, right? It's a, it's a synergy sort of thing with this decision that's being made. But when I think about what I want to see in the next head coach, it's the opposite of what we've seen. It's not somebody who just wants to be a billboard. It's not somebody who just wants to be funny and make videos for social media and be this outward face for the program. And, hey, it's a big name. It's going to get people interested. People are going to want to pay attention because this guy is now affiliated. I don't care about any of that. And as much as it pains me to say this, it does. It pains me to say this. I look at what Kansas State did at the exact same time that KU hired Les Miles. Big name. What'd they do? They went out, and, and I don't mean this as disparaging whatsoever, but they go out and they get a country boy, Chris Kleiman, from North Dakota State. And we'll see where that program's at in a couple years, but so far, paying dividends. Looks like it's a pretty good fit. Find a good fit, man. This doesn't need to be this big bombastic action movie trailer of a football program that is making everything ready for social media videos with great with awesome hip-hop music and funny little clips from your coach who wants to dabble in acting gosh remember rick ross how could i forget i don't care about any of that and please spare me spare me the explanation of how much recruits love that i am so sick and oh but that's what the recruits want Really, because there's a lot of programs who aren't doing that, and recruiting seems to be working out just okay for them. There's more than one way to skin a cat, okay? I want a guy who just wants to put his nose down and do the work, who's actually interested in being here and being a part of the rebuild. And you could say, well, I mean, isn't that kind of what David Beatty was? In a way, sure. But David Beatty also didn't stick to what his plan was. And, And it's hard in hindsight to know if he had any intention of sticking to that plan. When he came here and said, oh, the cupboards are pretty bare, and he kept pointing the finger at the guy who came before him, for a while you say, okay, that's fine. But then what happened? Year two, year three, now he's repeating the same mistakes that his predecessor did. 
It's about being a man of your word, which Les Miles was, but it's also about just being interested in being here and not being so wrapped up in the outward image of your program and of yourself as a head coach. Like, go and get me a buttoned-up guy who doesn't care about social media, who just wants to, to be a part of something special at Kansas. You want a football guy. I want a football guy. Yeah. Well, okay, and I think you bring up a good point with David Beatty because you could argue that, okay, but that is the opposite end of the spectrum. You hired a receivers coach from uh, a Texas A&M. Like, that is the hire you're talking about. It's an under-the-radar hire. It's not a splash hire just to get the name out there. We have to acknowledge there is a line between what they did there and what you're talking about here. And so, uh, like, okay, Jeff Munkin, that's a name that's going to be thrown around a lot. Like, that is the type of guy you're talking about. Like, if you've ever heard an interview with Jeff Munkin, he is, like, exactly what you're referring to. I mean, he's at Army West Point. Like, what do you expect? You know? It's going to be kind of button-up football, nose to the grindstone. Let's go. I have never heard him speak, but, like, I've heard that exact explanation said about Ed Warner. And it's kind of funny that I read... Uh, I think it was Bruce, Bruce Feldman yeah. for the Athletics. He's a really good college football reporter, but he wrote that that's a name to watch because he has booster support. How hilarious would it be if Ed Warner, who <laughs> reportedly wanted the offensive coordinator job, got passed over for that position, but then was hired as the head coach? <laughs> that would be hilarious. We don't think you're capable of being the coordinator, but would you love a better job? Would you okay, love to be the guy who bosses the coordinator around? I mean... Theoretically, there's nothing stopping. Well, theoretically, if the search firm's doing the hiring this time and Jeff Long and Les Miles were doing the offensive coordinator, then I guess that's possible. Okay, we are going to go now live to Jeff Long, who has just stepped to the podium. So here are the comments from KU's athletic director. We'll let Jeff open up with a quick statement, and then we'll uh, let you guys ask questions right after that. Okay, good uh, good afternoon, everybody, and I'm sorry I, I'm late. It has been a very hectic schedule over the last several days. But let me begin with this these opening remarks. As we announced late last night, KU and Les Miles have mutually agreed to part ways effective immediately as of last night. It was imperative for me to meet with the team before sharing this with the outside world, the people outside of our program. So last night at about approximately 9.45 p.m., I met with the team and I shared them the news that uh, Coach Miles and I had agreed to mutually separate and that he would no longer be the head coach at the University of Kansas. As I shared with our football student athletes, I know there are a lot of emotions running on right now with our student athletes. They came here to play for KU. They came here to get an education. They came here to be better student athletes and play the game of football. I told them that's not changing. We're going to continue to do everything we can to support them as football players in pursuing their athletic pursuits and academically in the classroom. That KU degree will be incredibly value to them, of value to them. I, th I know through my many years of experience, uh, these changes are very difficult and they're most difficult on the student athletes in the program. And I'm not sure sometimes the outside world again understands that, but this is a team, a brotherhood, uh, people that lean on each other and they're supported by a special group of coaches and staff that all love them and support them. So our focus is on those student athletes and we're working very hard to support them in this time. 
this parting was in the best interest of the University of Kansas, and it's in our best interest to move forward in a new direction. As for the interim head coach, I've met with several assistant coaches this morning, and I continue to evaluate who would be the best leader for our young men at this time. I don't want to rush that decision. You know, I have Mike DeBoard as my acting head coach, but that was simply to step in administratively for me. Uh, but I'm going to take my time. I hope to do that in the next day or two. But I think our student athletes know, need to know who that interim is. So we want to work as quickly as possible, but I want to evaluate that situation as well. I'm also planning a national search for a new head coach to lead this program. And the timeline on that is undetermined at this time. There's a lot, there are a lot of quality young men, quality football players and quality young men on this football team. And our priority are, is those student athletes, are those student athletes. It's important to me that we find a great leader that will inspire our student athletes on and off the football field. We've built our program over the last two and a half years We've added the quality control. We've added our analysts. We've added uh, nutritionists. We've added operations people. We've added recruiting staff. So we believe the, the support program behind our coaches is there and has allowed our program to grow and will eventually lead to success on the football field. Before I open it up to questions, I want to provide some background on the 2018 search process so our fans, alumni, and donors have the facts on what actually took place back then. When Les Miles was identified as the lead candidate to be the head coach in 2018, as the University of Kansas and Kansas Athletics does, with all hiring and hirings, we ran multiple background checks on Coach Miles. I also asked Coach Miles directly during the interview process whether there was anything in his past that could potentially embarrass the university or himself or our program, and he said no. We also did our due, due diligence by talking to individuals within the LSU Athletics Department to see if there was anything we should be aware of regarding Coach Miles' tenure at LSU and received no indications of any issues. In early February, Coach Miles' legal counsel made us aware of a legal dispute in Louisiana involving Les, but they could not share the nature of the legal dispute or the formal documentation. At that point, we requested copies, excuse me. After hearing this, I asked Coach Miles if there was anything in these reports that we should be concerned about, and again, he assured me no. At that point, we requested copies of any and all reports related to Les Miles while he was at LSU. We were given a variety of reasons from Miles' legal counsel why that would not, they would not be provided to us. On February 24th, we learned some details of the allegations when The Advocate published its initial article, followed by the USA Today article later that same day that there had been a secret settlement and a sexual harassment investigation in 2013. The Taylor Porter report referenced in the article was the subject of litigation in, in the LSU courts. 
So we did not have access to it until last Thursday when it was released publicly. Additionally, the Hush Blackwell report that was issued on Friday detailed much of the underlying allegations and the formal records for the first time. It was evident from LSU's response on Friday that many individuals at LSU were unaware of the allegations or the inappropriate allegations of inappropriate contact, and that in individuals at the institution at the time went through great lengths to keep the information confidential. Given all of this information, yesterday, we agreed to part ways. I'm beyond disappointed that the University of Kansas is in this position, but it, it is absolutely the right decision for our university and our student athletes. I'm encouraged by the time I spent with our football staff and student athletes last night and several of our assistant coaches this morning. We will be taking substantive steps in the coming days, including talking to supportive and invested alumni and former players, and including choosing a search firm as we begin to look for the next leader of the University of Kansas Jayhawk football team. With that, I will be happy to take your questions. And Dan, I don't know how this works, but. All right, you should be able to unmute your lines and uh, go ahead and ask questions, please. Hey, uh, Mr. Long, this is Todd Lebo at Sports Radio 810 in Kansas City. I was, Hi, Todd. If uh, knowing your past relationship you'd had for all these years with Les Miles, do you feel, what are, you, what are your feelings that when you asked these questions directly back in 2018, you didn't seem to get an honest answer? This wasn't someone you just met during the search process. You'd known him for a long time. Yeah, I, I, I can't really um, answer why Coach Miles responded the way he did. Um, you know, I have known Les for 30 years. Um, I think sometimes, and he is my, I, I consider him a friend. Uh, we did not work closely together or know each other well uh, from uh, that time in Michigan in the uh, early 1990s. So I, I think much is played about the friendship. Uh, it's a friendship that uh, was, you know, certainly not the reason behind why we were hiring him to be the head coach. He was an established head coach. He was an incredible recruiter. So those were the reasons we landed on Coach Miles at the time. And just one quick follow-up. I know this very early in the process, but what sort of importance will you place on someone who's got maybe a connection to what it means to be a Jayhawk or uh, someone who knows what football is like at the University of Kansas as you look forward to whoever's going to lead your program. Yeah, that is important. And um, as I mentioned, you know, as I look to uh, hire the next head coach, uh, I'm going to lean on and seek thoughts from those former players, uh, former, uh, you know, alumni, donors, people that have been invested in our program. Uh, the one thing I know, the, the people around our program, those that are here with us, they're deeply invested. They want to see success. They want to see our student athletes have success on the football field. And uh, that's what we're going to work to do. So certainly we'll be open to their thoughts and as we move forward. Hey, Mr. Long, Sam Lance with the University Daily Kansan. Do you guys have any leading candidates for a new head coach at this moment? Uh, to be very honest, no, uh, because I haven't had a chance to focus on that at all. Again, my focus has been those student athletes 
It's been those coaches. It's been all the support staff in the Anderson complex. Uh, that's been the most important thing to me. And I have some more work to do there before I, um, you know, really get into a search process. So, uh, no, there's, there's no leading candidates or anybody that I've considered at this point. Okay. Thank you. Thank you. Hey, Jeff, is, is there any concern from you about the status of your job at this point and, and what this might mean to that? You know, I, I, as I say, I focus on these student athletes. I got into intercollegiate athletics for what athletics did for me. I know how important, you know, this experience as a football student athlete or a rower or a tennis player is. So really my focus is on them. Uh, I use them to guide me in making my decisions and, and I, you know, have continued to work uh, in their best interest. So, um, you know, that's the way I look at that and, and, and understand the question. Yeah. And I also wonder how worried are you about, I guess, donor relations or, or just the overall support of, of this program, you know, that's obviously had a rough decade. And, and now this is the latest thing on top of that. Are, are you worried that that'll be another hit at all? Well, I'm hoping that I can, you know, when I soon as I can have those open and candid conversations for what we're trying to do. I think those that are close to our program uh, know about the infrastructure I talked about that we've, that we put into our program, the way we built the program. I think the recruiting success that we success we've had is a large part because of that infrastructure. And then the coaches that we have on staff, the assistant coaches have been recruiting hard. So um, yeah, I'm happy to have those conversations with them. Um, certainly, we need their support more than ever. Um, this is not a change that we obviously anticipated. Um, and despite the record during the COVID season, uh, we see progress. I see a roster of young men built on high school student athletes that are going to have success here at, at Kansas. I have no doubt about that. I, I admire these young men and how hard they compete. And uh, you know what? I, I wish I could get in there alongside them, but, but I'm here to support them. I want them to uh, keep fighting for the Jayhawks, and uh, I, I'm sure they'll do that. And just one more quick one. Um, you know, with regard to the settlement that, that just came out, I mean, it, was it contract language? Can you clarify wh why there was the need for the settlement? And, and also, if you can, wh where does the money come from for, for that settlement with Les? Well, certainly. Uh, well, let me answer that two part question. Yeah. I got to remember the first Sorry. part first. But, <laughs> um, you know, there come times when uh, institutions and athletic programs and, and universities uh, have to make tough decisions. And, you know, as I uh, sought counsel from from the university and the chancellor, um, we arrived at what we felt was in the best interest uh, of of the program. And that was for us to mutually part ways with less. And to, that, to do that, that we had to get to a certain uh, amount of, of compensation. Uh, and we, while we, you know, obviously any amount is uh, something that is a challenge for us, especially in COVID-19, uh, we honestly and truly feel that's a, in the best sense of, of our program. Um, the money will come from athletic uh, department revenues, whether that's through our Williams Fund donations or whether that's through operational dollars that we achieve. So it will come from athletics money. It will not come from university dollars in any way, shape or form. Thank you. Thank uh, you. Jeff, Seren Petro from WHB here in Kansas. Hi, Seren. How are you? Um, Good. The first, maybe just a little bit of clarity. You mentioned uh, an interim coach kind of talking to the staff 
in-house and then also the search. Does that, does that mean to say the interim coach would be now until you hire a full-time coach or would you, I know other universities that have been in a position like this where the coach leaves late in the process have brought in a, a, co a, a coach designate for lack of a better term that would coach just the next year and maybe there's more candidates available next year or is are you set on you're going to hire the guy that's the long-term guy or, or could there be somebody from the outside that that holds that interim title yeah great question uh saran i think it is still too early to make that determination to be candid um as you know and those who follow football closely know this is an unusual time to be conducting a search uh, college programs are into their spring practices, either starting or, or approaching them. So the, your questions are all the things that I'm going to assess and uh, with the support of others, uh, make some decisions on how we move forward. So um, you're right on track with your questions. We just haven't made those decisions okay. yet. And the with regard to the interim, yes, I think right now Mike DeBoard is acting, but I think uh, the interim position is a little more uh, – uh, permanent, so to speak, and that it will uh, lead us through uh, the whether the search process, whether it concludes uh, before spring practice, after spring practice. Um, so that interim person will be more the, the administrator and the leader of the program while we sort things out. Okay. And then you had a number of assistants leave uh, here, even some of them fairly recently. Uh, some of them people would say, you know, a lateral or even a step back. Was that a warning sign when you saw that, that maybe there was, you know, when a couple of coaches are, are going from, say, just one in particular, Kansas to SMU, that, that maybe we had a problem? Was that something that raised a red flag in your office? Uh, that had uh, – it certainly did not raise any kind of a red flag with what is happening uh, from down at LSU. Um you know, coaching staffs are, um, you know, very complex groups and people leave for various reasons. Um, those coaches have different reasons for why they left. Um, I was aware of them. None of them alarmed me. Thank you. Hey, uh, Jeff, uh, what, to what extent do you anticipate the uh, search firm playing a role in this, in this process? And, and I guess what, what do you foresee or expect that? that search firms role to be? Yeah, I think search firms uh, provide a number of things. First of all, uh, they bring forth um, a group of candidates that they are aware of uh, from whether it's other searches or whether it's contacts with agents and such. So they bring a pool. Uh, we would then bring, you know, our own pool from our, our thoughts and what we have gained from talking to people and quite frankly, people reaching out. We've had uh, a large number of people reaching out very quickly to us about this. And, and I do think that's a sign of the position we brought our program to and that we have gained ground over the last two and a half years. So uh, I think that's a very positive sign. Uh, they would help us conduct the, the, uh, the interview process. They would help us uh, arrange those visits. Um, they would do background checks. They would do a lot of that administrative stuff for us behind the scenes so we could focus on the uh, candidate itself and how they fit with KU. Yeah, and uh, what would your response be to KU fans that would maybe be a little bit leery about your involvement after 2018 and maybe want an independent search firm to handle the whole process? 
Yeah, I don't think it's in the best interest uh, of the University of Kansas or any university for an outside entity to totally control a search process. Um, I'm very comfortable and, and confident of my uh, years uh, in, in college football. Uh, I'm confident that I can uh, conduct the search. I'm confident that I can find the next leader of the University of Kansas. Yeah, hey, along those lines, will, will anyone else at KU be more involved this time, the, the chancellor or anybody else? Well, there were people uh, that I kept in contact uh, the last search, but uh, certainly I will continue to involve our, our chancellor and his leadership team and share with them as I would do with any search. So uh, whether they're more involved or not, uh, you know, I, I would say they would be involved as they usually are. Uh, I do want to bring in some, uh, again, as I said, former football players, people that, that know our program that can help assist with this as well. Hey, uh, Jeff, this is a, a little bit along those same lines, too. Uh, this is Sam Mellinger in Kansas City. Um, this is something that in normal times, maybe I try to ask you to the side, so I apologize for the format here, but the hires that you made in Arkansas, we were talking a lot about less, but the hires at Arkansas weren't successful either. Are there things that you've learned? In, in what regard? Possible? I would have to ask, what regard were they not successful? On, on the field? I mean, and the um, Petrino thing, we don't, we don't need to get into that, but like, what, what have you learned from those processes or what, why do you think KU fans should be confident that, that you can make this hire uh, the right one? Yeah. Um, well, like I said, I've been involved in college football my entire uh, professional life. Uh, I've worked at a number of institutions. I've worked in another, a number of conferences. Um, I have, excuse me, uh, worked in uh, many different ways in college football. But I think I'm uniquely prepared, having been a college football coach at the Division I level uh, at a Power Five school early in my career, and then having worked at a number of Power Five institutions along the way. So I, I'm confident in my uh, knowledge. I'm confident in my experience. And, you know, I have no doubt that we can find the next great leader for KU in the best interests of our student athletes. When you hired Les, did you go back and look into uh, what went on at Oklahoma State with the student hostess program there? And uh, that was obviously detailed in a pretty big Sports Illustrated report back in 2013, I believe. Yes. And, and yes, we were aware of that. And then we also saw the subsequent re reports where that uh, article was brought into question. Uh, we certainly reviewed the Oklahoma State and the NCAA and what they found in that case. And again, many of the things reported in that article subsequently were found to be not um, true I, as we viewed at it, viewed it. So uh, wasn't overly concerned. In addition, he spent a lengthy time at the university or LSU that would be certainly be the more relevant information for us. We've got time for a couple more questions for Jeff, please. Jeff, can I just put a bow on Les real quick? Uh, to be clear, that you, you didn't hear of any uh, conduct or anything while he was at Kansas that, that concerned you or alarmed you. Is that correct? While at the University of Kansas? Right. No, there were nothing reported to me uh, at the time that, that, that would concern me, no. Okay, thank you. Hey Jeff, uh, Harold Kins from Fox 4. And regarding the Kansas program, the last five coaches just haven't had success on the field. How sellable is the Kansas program right now, considering uh, where you guys are right now, and you've got a lot of student athletes in limbo, not knowing who their coach is at yeah. this point of year? 
Yeah, uh, I think we're an attractive program because we're building. Um, as I mentioned, we from 2018, when we had a recruiting class, I think of somewhere around 21 junior college players, somewhere in that vicinity. Um, we've lived through that, and we've built our program back with high school student athletes, kids who, who who played in high school came directly to the University of Kansas. They're starting here in the in the um, development program, strength and conditioning program. We did have a setback during COVID last year when we didn't have to have, we didn't have spring practice. We didn't, but everybody faced that. But when you're a young growing program that had more of an impact, um, I think as coaches look at this opportunity, I think they will see a totally different roster. I think the quality and the uh, high level of student athlete we brought here and how they've developed would be an exciting opportunity for a head coach. Um, we are working our way back to that uh, 85 scholarship limit number that you all have heard about for many years. Um, we're closer than we ever have been in a, in a number of years. So we're going to work hard to keep the student athletes that are with us. And I think we have a bright future in front of us because we've built with high school players who are young, excited, and eager to win for KU. Jeff, yeah, this uh, is Matt yeah. Fortuna of The Athletic. You mentioned earlier about uh, settling with less miles. That's a departure from what you did with David Beatty. Philosophically, what changed from, from your seat, from Kansas's seat? Yeah, each, each situation is, is very different. Uh, that was focused around NCAA. This was focused around something else. So um, each situation is very different. So I don't really compare those two at all. All right, we've got time for one more question, please. Hey, Jeff. Adam Jeff, this is Andy. Uh, Jeff, this is Andy Staples from The Athletic. You, you mentioned that you asked Les if there was anything that would embarrass the program or the university, and he said no. Wouldn't lying to you in that instance void his contract or make it where you, you could fire him for cause? Andy, that's really a legal question as to um, how he could or couldn't respond at that time. Um, but uh, that that was his response. And but, so but that I, is a lie. That That is a lie to you because there was something and now here you are embarrassed. So why would you pay him in this instance to leave? That uh, is debatable whether that's a lie. And again, I'll leave, leave that to our legal people to dice that out. So um, we felt it was important to move our program forward that we needed to basically uh, agree to mutually part and pay less through the remainder of 21 is basically what it comes out to. So. All right. Thank you, everybody. Thank you, everyone, for joining. Okay, so a lengthy, robust press conference there from Jeff Long addressing the firing of Les Miles. There is a lot to get to. It is about a quarter till four, and we still haven't taken a break yet, so uh, we need to do that. We're going to come back. We're not going anywhere on this. Matt Tate join us here uh, coming up here in about 20 minutes. Kevin Flaherty later on. We've got some basketball stuff to get to. Uh, <laughs> David McCormick and Tristan and Arun are in the COVID protocol, and I have no idea how or when we are going to get to basketball stuff today, but we'll do our best. We're going to talk more about what you just heard there from KU Athletic Director Jeff Long. This is Rock Chalk Sports Talk.